Dark Shadows Literary Licensed Podcast Episodes. Ben Stokes here, exploring all things Collinsport, Maine, and following the likes of the Collins family, and the friends and foes, with your co-hosts, Tom Diamond, Jesse Fultz, Mickey Ray, and Keith Chalgo, Collins family, story about blood relations, literally. Welcome to Get Your License Podcast, and it's Dark Shadows episode, where we're discussing episodes 483 to 505. And let's see who's with us today. We got Tom Diamond. Hello, Tom. Hello, Keith, and hello, everybody. I hope you're all doing well and thriving. Thank you. Hello, Vicki Ray. She's with us today. Hello, everybody. And myself, Keith Shago. Unfortunately, Jesse Fultz isn't with us because he's in uni at the moment taking his classes. So all the best to Jesse. Yeah, he went to a toga party, probably. He's hung over again. (laughs) Well, he's in a toga party with us. Whether he's probably going to have a huge pneumonia if he's not careful. Probably (laughs) an animal house fan. (laughs) So before we get started, let's find out what each each of us have been up to. Starting with Vicky. What have you been up to since last time we spoke to you? It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, I know. I missed y'all last week because Texas had a ice storm, snowstorm, whatever you want to call it. The the snow no, bit apocalypse. Texas had a whorehouse in it. <laughs> it was just it was just a shit show. Had a whorehouse in it. <laughs> Lord yeah, have I mean, mercy on our souls. <laughs> I know. Well, it's not like I could really watch anything because we had rolling blackouts and we had blackouts. You know, it was, just, it was just a god. It was just a shit sandwich, and we're still dealing with pipes and things like that. But we all made it through because Texas is a tough, tough state. So we're good. But um. I was trying to catch up on some stuff, but it's hard to watch Netflix and Amazon Prime when power keeps going off. So you get used to it. I had them timed, actually. I knew that in 20 minutes, I had 20 minutes to finish watching something before the next one. It was like clockwork. Then the power would go off. Then the candles would go back on. And we had the um, propane heater in here. It was probably very dangerous. But when you're desperate and it's two degrees out or Two below in Texas is unheard of. So, you know, but that's what, and dealing with plumbers. And uh, I started watching um, something about the last few days. I've been, I like German history for some reason, but I started watching about this. Uh, oh, gosh, now his name's eluding me, but it begins with an F. Tom might know it. He was the 27 um, year old prosecutor at the Nuremberg trials. And he was just a fascinating human being. He's like 98, 99 years old now. His wife, they're still in love. They hold hands. He's a small little guy. I think Fenton's or something like that. The name, I'll probably butcher it. But it was just really fascinating how they took a sampling of the Nazis as opposed to thousands of them that they should have prosecuted. And it wasn't until they thought Ivan the Terrible, you remember when they, they... trying to prosecute that guy he was from cleveland he worked in the ford house up there taking cars and it was a case of mistaken identity but he was still a guard you know so they had they did prosecute him in germany because they sent him back because the united states didn't want him but it was just it was just fascinating seeing how this young man the small little jewish guy 
you know, and he's the he's he's just in this whole arena, this world arena of what's going on in Nuremberg. I just thought it was fascinating his history anyway. But other than that, I've watched my typical gore and scary stuff. Nothing's changed. I keep waiting for Joe. He's supposed to tip me off on the good stuff. But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) hear that, Joe? (laughs) (laughs) What about yourself, Tom? What have you been up to? Well, uh, I had uh, the week off from school, so I was uh, resting a bit. Um, um, <clears throat> I yeah, am a week being, off. Yeah, yeah. We got you week ever off. take time off? We got. Oh, I did when I had COVID. I, I took a few weeks off. Uh, but uh, oh yeah, no, you, know, you always need something to regroup. Um, and uh, and I'm uh, I'm going forward. I'm getting a job interview for an adjunct uh, prof position in the fall, and I'm cool. just going to get my uh, transcripts over to them. And and actually, it's at Stephen F. Austin in Texas. So it's a Stephen F. Austin, Vicky Nagadoches. 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 Yes, said it right. Can you spell it right? The words in N A C A G O. After that, I I forget. M O U S E. Everybody. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, It's. uh, So are you coming to Nagadoches? No, online, online. Online, uh, but we'll and we'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm, I'm getting the interview. I don't have the job yet, but it's a good sign. And uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm dabbling, uh, looking for you know, uh, you know I, I'd like to get something. I'd like to get something full time uh, online. As long as it's online, I, you know, I don't care. Uh, I mean, you know, certain areas I'm interested in, but um, I am. Uh, I'm looking. I finished my favorite Martian. Uh, which was really cool. And uh, there is a Bewitched reference, by the way, and I, I, I think I told you guys about it or I texted you in Season 3, Episode 23, uh, they they developed a Martin, uh, you know, Martin who usually does with his finger, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Instead of that, he, he said that, well, it, as an alternative, he said he can twitch his nose. And uh, in one episode, uh, I must, it was a plug from the writer. He said he got that from watching that witch, that witch on television. And, uh, and at the end of the episode, he says, I owe that witch on television a bouquet of flowers. And he winks at the camera. Uh, so that, that, that I think is a forgotten reference, uh, to Bewitched from my favorite from Ray Walston. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> something, it's something I was mentioning to you guys. Uh, it's going to be starting on Netflix, March 26th, a series called The Irregulars, which focuses on the Baker Street Irregulars of, from Sherlock Holmes uh, from the um, from the 19th century. These were the street urchins that Holmes employed to uh, be his eyes and ears. Uh, in cases, this is going to be a mixture of that and horror, uh, horror cases, which was only delved into once in the Sherlock Holmes stories, it was called the adventure, the adventure of the Sussex Vampire, which I believe was in the casebook, and it turned out to oh, be yeah. yes, yes, and it turned out to be uh, it turned out to be a, uh, a she wasn't a vampire at all, but uh, uh, but uh, and the Jeremy Brett series, which Sharon and I are, are watching now, I didn't see all of them, but uh, BBC did a beautiful job of uh, or was it Grenada Grenada Television. Uh, I think we were, yeah, they did ITV. a beautiful. What is it? What is it, Keith? Grenada ITV over here. ITV. Oh, so it's ITV. They did a beautiful job of recreating the original uh, 
Doyle uh, short stories. There were 56, 56 short stories and four novels. And um, they did two of them. They did Hound of the Baskervilles and Sign of Four. That's like one of my favorite stories. Too. They, yeah. And uh, they did, of course, the return. and it was very, very faithful. Lasted four seasons. Jeremy Brett, unfortunately, passed uh, in the 80s uh, due to medical uh, issues. Um, and, he, and other people who never heard of him before will remember him from the 1964 My Fair Lady, where he sang, I have often walked down this street before. He had a beautiful voice. And he had a beautiful Hill. voice. Yeah, Freddie Hinesford Hill. And uh, you saw him in 1964. He really looked like a nice young guy, uh, very handsome, um, by the eighties, by that time already, but he was perfect. He was perfect as Holmes. So, um, so we're doing that now. And, uh, and there's certain other things that I'm looking at on TV, but, uh, all in all, all in all things are going, things are going okay. And you nice. keep- well, I've been working a lot. Um, I'm, um, next week I start another full-time job. So I'll be doing two full-time jobs. Oh, God. Oh, God. What are you- Talk about biting um, off more than you can chew. What are you doing? What are you doing? Um, I'm actually doing a thing called RTT, which is right to treatment, making sure that the 600 um, patients that we get referred to us on a weekly basis are fitted in within an 18-week period to make sure that we hit the government guidelines to make sure that they're treated within the, within that 18-week pathway. Yeah. So, um, nice, so, yeah. nice and regimented. What a protocol. Yeah. So, anyway, anything that made the government happy, you got to keep Bojo happy. Uh, so, and then, um, but besides that, um, but I have been able to get some time to watch some stuff. I'm really into the Vampire Diaries. Um, I'm, I'm I was, so glad you've come to the dark side. Me. I love the Vampire Diaries. I just totally love the Vampire Diaries. I'm, I'm I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that I wasn't involved when it first came on because to be honest, when it first came out, it came out around the same time as the Twilight series started. You up. won't, be, I really you won't be happy when and I really, season rolls around though. But I really thought it was going to be like that. And I was, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm really entwined. I'm I, come home and I watch like three episodes and then oh like I love it every day I watch so, it just because so I'm already in the season most three of the time but <laughs> and then um so I did that and then um I've been watching a another show on um Amazon Prime which I highly recommend it's called the boarding school Las Cumbres which is basically a Spanish series and um and I would highly recommend it. It's a great series. You can watch it in the American Dough. We can watch it in What's Spanish. What's it called again? Subtitle. The Boarding School. The Boarding School. And um, I'm not, without giving too much away, I started watching it go, what's this? I might as well give it a shot. I had to watch the whole series before I went to bed. And unfortunately, I went to bed at three o'clock in the morning and I had to work the next day, but I loved it. It was fantastic. That was that good. I keep wanting to see The Queen's Gambit, but I, I just haven't started watching it yet. But everybody keeps talking about it, so I'm a bit worried. About, I don't know. I, it's supposed to be good, but I'm afraid that it's going to be. I don't know, a bit funky. Yeah. So, um, but I wait and see how that goes. But um, other than that, not not a lot actually. I've been watching a lot of Spanish um, TV series and a lot of Spanish movies as well. So right. So what we're going to do now is we're going to cut to. Um, the bloopers and then we'll cut to our synopsis and we'll be back after that to start our conversations about dark shadows 
Hi everybody, Tom Diamond here from the Literary License Podcast. Welcome to the latest edition of the Dark Shadows Retrospective, episodes 483 to 505. And here we are now going to go into the stars that appear during this block. Uh, The biggest news here is the return of John Carlin as Willie Loomis, and he is in episodes 483, 493, 494, 497, 498, and 502. Maybe one or two others that, uh, that he's appeared in. But Willie is now back as a regular character for a long time. They brought him back from Wincliffe to uh, be, at first, the amanuensis, so to speak, of uh, Dr. Lang. And uh, that doesn't work out, but he winds up staying on board to care for Adam. Uh, And as far as the Adam character is concerned, Robert Rodan, or Robert Tremus, uh, now comes on board as Adam. Uh, Literary License Podcast interviewed uh, Robert Rodan uh, a number of months ago, and that is on all the apps and YouTube, etc. Robert appears in episodes... 485, 490, 491, 492, 493, 494, 95, 96, 98, and then 501, 2, 3, and 4. And he's going to be on for a while. The return of David Ford as Sam Evans, and that's in episodes 498, 499, and 500. Now, Sam was last, no, I should say David Ford was last seen as Andre Dupre in the 1795 segment. The uh, story there is that he was, of course, married to Nancy Barrett, who was Carolyn in real life, uh, got a divorce from her uh, during that period of time, and he had to take some time off, and that's why they wrote the Andre Dupre character out. Well, he is now back as Sam Evans. But they had to deal with a little bit of a problem there. And David Ford, uh, who initially had no problem with his lines, uh, turned out that he was looking at the teleprompter too much, and he relied on that. So they were concerned about that, and they brought him back and put put it in the script that the character of Sam Evans would go blind. That would give David Ford an opportunity Uh, to read from the teleprompter. And that's what happened there. Next, Anne Davies, uh, who plays Willie's nurse uh, in episode 483. And Anne Davies is a little-known actress known uh, for uh, a a part in a movie called Bird Factory Part 2 in 2018. Dwayne Morris appears uh, as the first Adam stand-in during the Dream Curse episode where he portrays the headless monster. Vince O'Brien returns as Sheriff Patterson. Uh, You may remember him from the good old days when he portrayed another character in the Laura Collins segment. And then he came back to replace Dana Elkar, who was still missed 
You're not going to see Dana Elkar again in this role. Uh, Vince O'Brien is in episodes 503 and 505. Addison Powell uh, as Dr. Lang appears in episodes 484, 485, and he's killed off in episode 486. Angelique uh, is using her usual uh, voodoo doll stuff. She didn't intend to kill him, but uh, Clarice Blackburn, who we'll talk about, Mrs. Johnson, interrupts her as uh, she's uh, playing with the doll, and she accidentally uses the pin and Puts, skewers the doll with it, and so Addison Powell dies. However, Dr. Lang dies. However, uh, he is, that voiceover of his that's on the tape recorder uh, comes back in, in numerous episodes. He must have gotten good pay for that in uh, 488, for, uh, excuse me, for, uh, yes, 496, 500, 505, and you're going to see that. Uh, you're going, to see, you're going to hear his voice along with Mozart's Ein Kleine Nacht music uh, quite often. Now, Judith Lowry, who portrays Angelique's withered hands as Angelique starts to become old uh, because of the painting that uh, Sam Evans is touching up. She's in one episode... Uh, she has a very interesting history. Judith Lowry was born July 27, 1890, and died November 29, 1976, in New York City. Uh, she was she may have been one of the oldest character actors, uh, character actresses on Dark Shadows. Of course, you had uh, the gal who played Bathia Mapes, and she was uh, in her 70s. Uh, so she's probably Judith Lowry was 78 when she passed away. Uh, so she was, uh, she was pretty old, uh, she was pretty old in, uh, in Shadows. Anyway, she has been in the, a uh, number of movies, uh, 1971 Cold Turkey, she was on the, the sitcom Phyllis in 1975, she was in the Jackie Gleason show, in the Anderson tapes, Trouble with Angels, Valley of the Dolls, Naked City, the movie Husbands, Miracle Worker with Patty Duke, Kojak, uh, Poppy, Cold Turkey, I think we mentioned that already, and Studio One. Another bit part regarding uh, one of the deputies of Sheriff Patterson in episode 504 was played played by Clifford Perlow. Clifford Perlow, who was born November 23rd, 1928, in Ontario, Canada, and he is also uh, credited with a number of roles. He died, by the way, uh, May 2nd, 2019, so he's almost 89 when he died. Um, he was in Magnum Force from 1973, The Paul Newman Hustler from 1961, Blue Thunder from 1983, The Dukes of Hazard, Love and Bullets, Alice... Uh, the Frisco Kid uh, with Gene Wilder and Corvette Summer and a couple other movies as well. He had a pretty uh, prolific career. A number of extras should also be mentioned from episode 505. Uh, Sheriff Patterson's compliment. Uh, Angie Brown as a deputy. Tom Murphy as a deputy. James Shannon uh, as a jailer in episode five thousand of episode five hundred four, 
got a promotion all of a sudden to deputy in the next episode. James Shannon, by the way, had been previously on as one of the uh, hanging party uh, regarding Vicky Winters when she was when she was hung in episode 460 back in the 1795 segment. Other than that, a few recurring roles for the cast, uh, the current cast, uh, Roger Davis as Jeff Clark on 484 and a few episodes after that. Jerry Lacey uh, appears in a couple of episodes, 489 and 502 as Tony Peterson. Uh, David Hennessy comes back as David Collins. Uh, he had been absent throughout the previous block. Uh, he was on, He was in Boston visiting people, so he comes back with 489, 492, 495, and 497. Clarice Blackburn is Mrs. Johnson. They get some work out of her. 489, 492, 493, 497, and episodes 500. Thayer Davidis, Professor Stokes, comes back for a couple episodes, 487 among them. Catherine Lay Scott, episodes 494, 497, and 500. Ah, you hear that? That, uh, that was my cell phone. Go, uh, if you could hear the Dark Shadows music uh, coming out of that as a theme song, that's how I, that's how much I'm into it. Okay, uh, so sorry about that, guys. Okay, so um, Joe Crothers uh, comes back as Joe Haskell for a couple of episodes. Nancy Barrett now, uh, after a little bit of an absence, comes back as Carolyn in episode 499, and she's pivotal in the ensuing plot where Adam kidnaps her, and a whole bunch of episodes regarding that. Also uh, resolving the soap opera conflict with uh, Jerry Lacey's Tony Peterson over his being bewitched by Cassandra. Now to the bloopers. The bloopers in these episodes uh, were, most of them were really insignificant. There aren't as many, thank goodness, as the last block. There were unbelievable amounts of bloopers in that. Uh, But there are still a few, and I'm going to go over the major ones, uh, if I can, uh, because there are some bloopers that are so minuscule uh, that I don't know if that's going to keep your interest. But uh, uh, for people who are interested, uh, when I get to it, uh, I am going to put some bloopers that have not been mentioned on YouTube in the comments under that section for people who uh, for people who would really like to know. Anyway, episode 483. Well, this is not really a blooper, but you do see a rare shot of the rear door of the old house as Willie leaves it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Last time I saw a blooper like that was when Joe and uh, Carolyn were still together and uh, these were black and white black and white episodes. Uh, in any event, uh, in episode four eighty four, you have the usual Mike Boom uh, in the old house ceiling and the Klieg, uh, excuse me on the old house wall and the Klieg lights in the ceiling. Um, now, when Eric Lang is talking to Jeff Clark and says, uh, "What was it, Joe?" Uh, that I think uh, is definitely. Uh, a blooper. Notice uh, when the experiment is being conducted, and uh, both Fred and 
uh, Robert Rodan is Adam is on the table. You know, they really can't sit still. Frid is supposed to be unconscious, but you can see him blinking his eyes. Now, he could have been dreaming. This could have been REM movement, uh, if, uh, if we want to explain that away. Now, but, uh, Robert Rodan is supposedly dead, uh, and you can see his chest expanding and contracting as he's breathing. And you can also see his throat muscles, uh, twitching. Uh, so, uh, unless, uh, Julia's got a cattle prod to him, and that's in episode 485, uh, that's a dead giveaway. Uh, in 486, well, you know, when they set up the tape recorder, which plays Mozart and then, uh, the voiceover of Addison Powell, uh, in episode 486, when the tape recorder is on record, the reels don't move, which is interesting. Uh, and in another uh, episode, you will see the uh, tape recorder. Yes, those reels move, but there's no uh, there's no tape in the needle threads. Uh, so basically, what you do, uh, what you see, is you have tape in the tape in, in, in the reels, but you don't see them moving through the tape recorder. Okay, in episode 486, Julia once again, uh, who should be arrested for uh, gross negligence and incompetence, uh, gives an injection with no liquid in the syringe. So essentially, she's giving Adam an injection uh, with air. In uh, episode 488, you see a, you hear a squeaky chair. I have a squeaky chair, so you might hear mine while we're talking. And I can't tell for sure, but it sounded like somebody burped. Uh, so, uh, so watch out for that or just, uh, or just pass it through. Uh, notice also that when you hear the voiceovers for the dream curse riddle through sight and sound and faceless terror, through endless corridors of trial and error, a head of blazing light does burn and one door leads to the point of return. Well, we've, we've gone into a couple of the malaprops that some of the actors make when they're doing this. Mrs. Johnson's uh, is very good uh, through sight and sound and headless terror. Uh, which is fun. Also go through Catherine Lee Scott's interpretation. That was back in the uh, last block, which is, uh, which is kind of fun. Now, in episode 486, and this is classic during the dream curse scene, you can see the dry ice coming out of a, an industrial garbage can between the doors. And you see a red, and you can see a red and yellow industrial, uh, label. Uh, I can't read what's on the label, but that's really hilarious. Um, uh, and of course, you have a you have Frid speak. Uh, if we fail, then we must uh, go through with it anyway. Okay, that was, by the way, in episode four ninety. Also, in episode four ninety, you kind of wonder that when uh, Barnabas uh, is on the table for the experiment, and he's got his bathrobe on. Uh, prior to that, he had been wearing a, th- a gray three-piece suit with a vest. And you can still see that he's wearing his suit pants as uh, he uh, goes through the experiment, which is supposedly going to kill him. So apparently, uh, he, they couldn't find pajama pants for him, so he decided to still wear his suit. Um, also, in episode uh, 491, when Adam gets up, you can see uh, a green strap dangling from his tied shoes. 
And that makes you wonder, uh, in the prior episodes, uh, before, uh, before Rodan was introduced, the body was naked. Uh, that was, of course, Dwayne Morris, uh, playing the body. Uh, now, the first time you see, uh, Adam, uh, he's, he's all dressed up. Uh, makes you wonder where they got his clothes, how they measured him for the clothes, uh, how, you know, who tied his shoes. Uh, he was all, he was all ready to go. Um, in 491, you also see, in the credits, you see curtains uh, partially fallen. It looks like they had partially dropped, and they they didn't bother putting them up, so that was the way they uh, taped it. In 493, one of the characters calls Mr. Loomis, Mr. Lewis, and uh, and and a really and a really really good scene. Uh, around there concerns uh, Adam going crazy in the gazebo and hitting the water fountain, uh, and he's meant to splash it. But he almost knocks the uh, papier-mâché water fountain over in his uh, in his zeal. Uh, 498, uh, Jonathan's famous mispronunciation of Professor Stokes is Professor Strokes. Uh, I don't know why, but that just but that just was very funny to me. Um, in episode 504, and this is, and this is a classic while Liz is talking, uh, in the, um, entrance hallway to another character, remember the back door, which was really a dressing room, uh, over there. Well, (laughs) while she's talking and the tape is rolling, uh, somebody started to open the back dressing room door. You don't see who, then it was closed and uh, Joan Bennett turned around to look at the door as she was talking. Uh, the Obviously, uh, she was distracted. In episode 501, we have a scene of the forest in the beginning of the scene. Uh, then it switches all of a sudden to uh, a slide of the old house. Now, it turns out that that scene in the forest is shown in the end credits. So my guess is that what they were probably doing was setting the cameras up uh, for for scenes like that. But unwittingly, uh, that particular scene, uh, the camera was turned on during the opening exposition. And then when they found out what happened, they turned it off and they went to the right scene. And finally, uh, and this is my favorite, when uh, when Julia is using an ophthalmoscope to examine uh, Sam Evans, who has gone blind, well, I'll tell you, once again, they should have gotten uh, Grayson Hall for malpractice because uh, what she does is just wave the ophthalmoscope in front of his eyes, going back and forth. Well... If you go to an optometrist or an ophthalmologist and they're using an ophthalmoscope, uh, my recollection is, number one, if there's a flashlight attached so they can see what's happening and they put the ophthalmoscope as close to the eye as possible and then they look through the ophthalmoscope so they can get an impression of the fundus, which is the, um, w- which essentially is the cornea and the sclera and they can see whether there's, uh, whether there are veins indicative of high blood pressure. It's called, uh, retinopathy. And without getting into too much medical stuff, that's the right way to do it. All she does is wave the thing in front of his face you don't even see a light and then again and then she comes up with a diagnosis that he has a damaged optic nerve you should lose your license julia and with that uh that's an example of uh some of the bloopers 
and uh, we thank you for listening. And now let's get back to the show. Hello, I'm Vicki Ray. And I'm Keith Shago, and this is the Collinsport News. Barnabas persuades Julia to release Willie from the Wincliffe Sanatorium. We get to see Willie trapped in captivity, and we learn that he has whacked out more than before he entered into this fine institution for the insane. After much coaxing from Barnabas, Julia releases Willie into his care. Barnabas gives him some strict ground rules, which means never to leave the premises of the old house. As soon as Barnabas' back is turned, Willie makes a house call to Maggie, who is freaking out left, right, and center until forthright Joe knocks, causing Willie to run off and Maggie to be confronted into Joe's loving arms. Before Willie departs, he gives Maggie Joe's at Sears rings, which is what we call foreshadowing for things yet to come. Meanwhile, Dr. Lang is having dreams during which he sees a headless creature laughing at him. How is a headless creature with no head, vocal cords, or mouth can laugh as anybody's guest, but yet this is Collinsport, Maine, and anything can happen? Dr. Lang awakens and decides that starting the experiment is the best way to shake off a nightmare, and the festivities begin. As things get off to a dramatic start with whistles and bells, Lang becomes ill and looks like he is suffering a stroke heart attack are really hard to tell but he may just be choking on the scenery as barnabas and julia leave the room lang before taking his last breath leaves a message on the tape recording that includes his favorite album hooked on classics it is a warning about the experiment Julia starts having the dream curse and goes into a state of panic about it. She is to tell David about the dream so he can carry on with this, but she tries in vain to stay away from him. She ducks and dives David, and the best way to do this is by diving back into Dr. Lang's experiment to keep Barnabas human. Before she begins, though, she's off to see Professor Stokes about the dream curses. What better way to ease your mind about something crazy is to talk to the new blood in town. He explains the dream curse and what it does. Stokes states he will make some inquiries on how to stop it, and Julia's off to do her experiment and study the Lang notes. Cassandra compels Tony Peterson for a quickie, and meanwhile, a talk by the fountain outside the double doors of Collinswood. David is outside and stumbles across those two as Cassandra schemes. David runs inside, and of course, Cassandra figures out why David is acting squirrely and causes him to be speechless, causing them all to be concerned about this. Of course, when David runs off to tell his father, it has got to be good because they normally don't talk about going out or playing ball or doing father-son things. You would think that they would have welcomed the piece of David's incisive questioning, but I guess they will miss his voice. Anyway, Julia nervously starts the experiment. Barnabas ends up not feeling the best and looks like it has failed. Adam comes alive and he cannot speak and behaves like a toddler, creating a problem for them. As what do you do with a giant with the mind of a two-year-old and where do you keep him? Julia shares the dream with David, who has the dream curse. David now has to tell Mrs. Johnson. Cassandra lifts the silent curse so David can share his dreams with Mrs. Johnson, which he does right on schedule. Mrs. Johnson then has the dream curse and goes away so she can stop passing it on. 
Does anyone know what happened to that useless son of hers? Where is he? Anyway, Mrs. Johnson, hating to be away from the house for too long, returns to keep the dream curse very much alive. Adam runs away, but Barnabas catches up with him and finds the best way to keep tabs on him is to chain him up in the basement of the old house, which he does, and uses Willie as sadistic manservant to torture Adam at every opportunity. As music stews the savage beast, they let Matt Adam have Dr. Lang's real to wheel, and it seems Adam is a lover of hooked on classics album as much as Lang. He taps his foot, bobs his head up and down, and everyone leaves him in peace. Dr. Lang's warning booms out of the recording, making Adam upset that someone has disrupted his copyright free classic music recording. Willie returns and torments Adam through his hammy acting, and Adam escapes so he can recreate scenes from the universal film Frankenstein without the blind man. But wait, it's only a matter of time before this happens. We do get the Frankenstein meets child moment with David stepping to the shoes of the little girl role. Adam tries to befriend David, but through misunderstanding, David hurts his leg and limps about. Meanwhile, the people of Collinsport find, find out that there's a mentally challenged giant running the property, and they go on a manhunt, which includes Roger with gun in hand. They find David and Adam. Roger orders David to walk towards him, and sometimes limping and sometimes walking, David makes his way to Roger, and Roger in turn shoots at Adam. Barnabas tells Roger he doesn't understand this sort of cruelty, and lets Roger know all about it. Adam runs back to the old house and gets patched up by a frightened Julia. It is apparent that Adam doesn't think too much about Julia or her mothering skills. While she is dabbing his wounds with alcohol and causing pain to Adam to make him well, he gurgles out the name of Barnabas. It seems Adam can struggle out three syllable names better than one syllable names. Who would have thought? Maggie wears the earrings that Willie gave her, which causes her to go to the old house in a trance like a stupor. Willie goes all leery at her, which is a bit uncomfortable, but they have a conversation and Maggie goes off on her way towards home. Not really sure what this is supposed to mean or slightly, but we have it in here anyway. Barnabas is visiting Sam, commissioning him to do the age, to do the age, the pig picture of Angelique, which Sam will do as he probably needs the money. Barnabas will give him extra money if he will use harsh brushes and hard strokes. Uh, not sure how to comment on this, but we do know that Sam goes all S&M all over Angelique's face, causing her to age in real life. <laughs> Angelique shows up in Sam's house in a cow and looking like the evil stepmother selling apples to Snow White. She tells Sam she wants the picture and Sam tells her that it is Barnabas and she cannot have it. She leaves and causes him to go blind, and then as he's fumbling around in his new sightless entity, she comes in and swipes the portrait. Next time we see her, she is back to her old self, and I guess we can assume that there is another artist in town that works in oils. Sadistic Willie is tormenting Adam yet once again, and he goes running off and attacks Barnabas. As Barnabas is now on the receiving end, he finally realizes that Adam is too dangerous and must be destroyed. Adam has other ideas and sees Carolyn and decides to pick her up and use her as Fay Ray to his King Kong and run around with her in his arms. After running around, he finally sets her down and decides that she is feeling fear and tries to calm her down, which really does little to no good. While all this is going on, Willie has a nap and has the dream curse so he can get his take on his overacting skills. I know. I mean, if you put clips together, everybody's dream curse so far, we would have a library on how to over act during a faux scary moment the best is yet to come because willie wakes up wide-eyed and more off-hinged than before which julia decides that her christmas tree medallion can be used to hypnotize willie to forget that he had the dream 
Yes, the old chestnut is being used again. The ugly medallion, Julie, Julia hypnotizing scheme because it worked so well for everybody in the past. Adam is finally captured and sent to jail to look after by the bumbling police officers of Collinsport. Elizabeth puts two and two together and realizes that Willie and Barnabas know more than what they are telling. Adam escapes and goes after Carolyn like a dog in heat and finds her and carries her about the grounds again. Comes across Willie, puts down and knocks Willie out, which I have to say I was a bit on board with, and then picks Carolyn off up again and goes out for a wonder. I wonder. Elizabeth and the police come across Willie. Willie calls Adam by his name and says that he doesn't know him, but yet he knows his name. Elizabeth is not impressed with Willie's horrible lying. Back to Adam and Carolyn. He places Carolyn down on the edge of Widow's Hill with her slippery Mary Jane's on, and she, of course, slides down the cliff with Adam catching her. He saves her life, considering that he's the one who placed her on the loose rock to begin with. The sheriff and Barnabas run up. Adam sees them, and he leaps off of Widow's Hill to his intimate death with the words of Dr. Lang's voice over the picturesque waves of Collinswood as they hit the rocks. And that brings us in to the Collinsport News. I'm Keith Shago. And I'm Vicki Ray, and I wish you all a good night. Bachelor Literary License Podcast, and we'll be discussing episodes 483 to 505, and starting with you, Tom, what are your thoughts of these episodes? Well, before I get into that, I just want to say that uh, a few weeks ago, the Dark Shadows were, were stunned by the news that Christopher Pennock, one of the beloved actors on the show, uh, and he came later on in the show, passed away. Um, an, an untimely death. I mean, he had lived a full life. I believe he was in his 70s. Uh, but, um, and it was not COVID related. Uh, he, uh, you know, he hadn't been well for a little while. He'd been, you know, was up and down and stuff, but he was in the ICU and uh, then, you know, and then that was it. Uh, Chris is famous for, uh, and of course, we will be getting this for the new fans. We'll be getting into this later on in the series as uh, coming on as Jeb Hawks in something called the Leviathan period, which uh, Willis will go into. And then they did a Jekyll Hyde ripoff. And he was Dr. Cyrus Longworth, who was the Jekyll and Mad John Yeager, who was, uh, who was uh, Dr. Hyde. And then finally, in a segment where they go back to 1840, uh, he was Gabriel Collins uh, in both 1840 and in parallel time. Chris is, uh, Chris, ironically, uh, was scheduled to come on with us today, uh, to say hi and to talk about what was happening and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we're, we're very, very, uh, and so that was, that was, that was kind of, uh, poignant. Uh, obviously condolences to, uh, on my, on myself and behalf of the, you guys and everything to his family. Uh, survived by his wife and daughter, and um, he's um, uh, he, he will be missed. And uh, we we were fortunate 
to have interviewed him last year. And uh, Keith, you want to talk about that in terms of uh, your plans? I understand you have it. We have it. You have a tribute prepared for him. Yep, what we'll be doing is we'll be airing that interview over Easter weekend, which will be at the end of March, which will be Good Friday, between Good Friday and Easter Monday in this country, or Easter Sunday in your, uh, in the UK, I mean US. So it'll be uh, during that week that it'll be airing, so I'll get to editing Great. that down and out to all our listeners. Wonderful. Make sure everybody uh, knows about it. A little, a little caveat uh, to those. Chris was fond of uh, talking like a sailor sometimes, and that uh, comes through on the interview. There are some four, five, and seven-letter words. I can't uh, imagine so, anybody swearing on this podcast. Oh my God! Yes, I mean, you know, <laughs> heaven knows. Uh, but uh, no. just for just for those who have little kids listening in. Oh. Uh, yeah, but uh, but he was but no. Chris was one of those I mean, people. Whole, that, I mean, it's really bad when people start using words like bastard, bitch, and fucker. I mean, they shouldn't be using that. <laughs> oh, hey, <laughs> one of the first things Chris said to me: "Listen, I want to be able to say fuck on your podcast. Can I say fuck on your podcast?" And, yeah. and blah 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 blah. Um, but uh, no, Chris it's was in the like, dictionary now. Yeah, is it? I didn't know. Yeah. Wow, I haven't checked lately. There's uh, even a um, Netflix series about curse words. Oh, I love that series. series. Oh my god, that is just ethically wonderful. I love that it's series. Very good. <laughs> so um, you know, so you know, so you know, once again, he will be missed. Um, so so getting so getting to the episodes. So my thoughts are in this block that you know, essentially, it's a development of the Adam storyline. The Dream Curse. Played by Robert Rodin, who, by the way, we did an interview on a few months ago. He was such a sweet man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know whether he's... I hope he's still around. I think we haven't heard anything, so I'm assuming... I haven't heard anything, so maybe, you know, you never know. Uh, You know, he's... uh, He hasn't been well himself lately. No. Uh, But, um, you know... He's such a nice guy. Oh, 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 absolutely. Um, and, and of course, the, the, it's a direct ripoff of The Bride of Frankenstein. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in addition to the, in, in addition to the whole experiment, uh, experimentation and so forth, I mean, uh, if, if, if you think about it, um, so what is it? So Mrs. Johnson actually reminds me of, uh, uh what's her name uh when she she comes across she comes across uh adam uh she reminds me of the uh what was her name una una merkel or una merkel uh the uh the one the the one who played the the crazy old lady in the bride of frankenstein you oh know? god i forgot about that yeah yeah when oh, she sees I- Unfortunately, when it comes to the bride of frankenstein and when it comes to frankenstein i get them muddled up with um um, a young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Unfortunately, like, about young Frankenstein. You're talking about young Frankenstein. Like, like, when, when, you say, when you say her, yeah. I, think, I think of Cloris Leachman. Cloris yeah. Leachman. But the original actor, that's exactly right. The horse name, you know. Frau Blucher. Frau Blucher, I love that movie. That's but, just the uh, movie. But the, original, but the original was Una Merkel. And, you know, and she'd be sitting, you know, Karloff would be looking at her and she'd go, ah! Oh, yes. Oh, I forgot about her. Yeah. And and so that's Mrs. Johnson with Adam. So that wig, man, though, they just don't do that woman any justice. But 
but she starts wearing uh, other clothes at least uh, for the yeah. first time. She's she took that black thing and put it in the laundry, and uh, so you know, you all, I almost didn't recognize her when she came in in some brown outfit or something. Uh, but uh, also, if you look at it, when Adam kidnaps Carolyn. Uh, the before he pushes her off the cliff. Before, before, before. Well, no, he he didn't push her. He actually saved her life. Then he threw himself off the cliff. Well, I mean, well, that's what I mean. Let's be honest. He put her down on some some rocks that weren't very secure. Stable. And she's you know, she's, she's like bou- she's bouncing on her. She's bouncing on her yellowed Mary Janes. Yeah. <laughs> on her toes. But she slipped on some rocks. And then, of course, you know, silly Carolyn. And then she's like, and then he, he looked like he didn't know what he want, what to do. Uh, and he's, you know, pulling her up and Barnabas and the sheriff and the sheriff's cadre arrive and whatever. Um, but what I was going to say was when he had her in the shack. Now, this reminded me of, you know, in Bride of Frankenstein, when he finds the old man and in Young Frankenstein, that's Gene Hackman plays the old yeah. man. <laughs> Peter and, you know, oh I'm just sitting there thinking about him burning him every day. Well, that that's right. That's right. You Putting know, that you hot water, <laughs> light his finger on fire or something. But the thing of music and friends, you know, and that's straight from the Bride of Frankenstein. You know, when when he's when he's with the old man. Uh, when Karlov is with the old man, the old man plays the violin, and then Karlov's going, you know, that kind of thing. And then, um, uh, what was it? And, and then we got David playing the little girl part, didn't yeah, he? But um, he, where, yes. where he meets the little girl. Yes. But he didn't try to float David like a flower, though. Didn't do that one. <laughs> didn't do that one. Maybe next time. <laughs> You know, the original scene in the in, in Frankenstein, she actually, the original scene that had the kid drowning. And they yeah. took that out. They cut that out because so many people were offended by that. It was I years. Saw it. I didn't see it was cut out. Was because it cut out originally in the beginning? It was cut out originally. For many years, it was cut out. I did not know that. Yeah. And then they put it I think back they've in. they reinstated it now. Yeah. I think, yeah. It's reinstated yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. They put it back in uh, years and years later. That's my favorite uh, that, part. Yeah, but uh, so so that's an example. And you're a young Frankenstein right. where he puts her on the um, seesaw and he sits yeah. on the seesaw and she goes flying off. <laughs> <Genesis>. <laughs> the, the only difference was Willie smoking in front of Adam, but he doesn't offer him anything. But the, but then I think yeah, then like Adam kind of gets burned, you know, when he tries to take yeah. the cigarette away from him. But he doesn't offer it to like Karloff's puffing the puffing the cigar away right. in the, in the bride. Uh, but, uh, you know, but, and the fire thing isn't emphasized as much where Karloff was deathly scared of fire. I mean, you know, Adam is like, yeah, but then again, anybody would, you know, uh, no more, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a complete ripoff. I was impressed with Robert Rodin's interpretation. I, 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 you know, when, I mean, you really at first he worked it really hard because he studied child de- uh, development and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. he could act childlike. Well, you remember he told of us that yep. he wanted to, you know, he wanted to do things like from day one, like everything was new and he was a child and he did his research for that part. I mean, he put a lot into it. You could see it. I mean, you know, at one point he's looking and he had a great childlike expression on his face mm-hmm. uh, when he's when he's looking at uh, Barnabas and Julia. And it's also very interesting to the extent that we really see Barnabas and Julia in the roles of surrogate parents. Barnabas yeah. 
is and and frankly, I thought Julia made a much better mother than Barnabas did as a father. You know, <laughs> you think? I, I think. I think. I just think if those two actually have children, that child's going to need therapy later on in life. Oh well, my God! Send them to you, Keith. Uh, I mean, like, you know, I mean, Barnabas is quite fine when Adam's running around and doing whatever he is, and he's like defending him. But as soon as Bar, as soon as he makes a little bit of an attack towards Barnabas, oh, we must destroy him. <laughs> But you're fine when he's you're fine when he's like sitting there, you know. It's <laughs> true. Lasting everyone else. <laughs> it's true. Well, Barnabas is one of those fathers that you know when when Adam does something he likes, he he, he tells him and he lets him know. But the first thing Adam does wrong, he wants to kill him with a gun, and uh, either that or beat or beat him with a cane. Uh, which was, uh, which was, of course, he was choking Willie. But what did Barnabas realize? I mean, Willie was, and, and that, and that's a very now. Willie is the Fritz character in Frankenstein, right. and uh, Dwight Fry role, and and Willie now, who's just come back after Carlin has come back after a long absence yeah. on the show. What an and, antagonist! And, what's that? He's such an antagonist in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's, he's gone. A, he's gone a bit potty though, hasn't he? He's gone a bit mad, hasn't he? He's gone back to the original Willie when he came first came on. He's mean. That's the way the original Willie was. I mean, uh, when Millie, when Willie, when Willie goes and see Maggie, we get we get a touch of like the original Willie before John Carlin Willie. Like there's right. kind of like a little bit uncomfortable. It's like, oh, is he going to like be sexually inappropriate to Maggie? Because they had that kind of leering yeah. kind of. thing. Thing well, when like Carlin first made. started with the role before Barnabas, I'm your friend. Yeah, what like, was, was going that? on with that? He just all of a sudden developed an attraction to Maggie. Because I don't know. I don't it, know. It, it, was, no. it, was, it was basically venturing on the rape scene from Death Wish. <laughs> like, oh, you have some pretty hair. So you remember <laughs> an awful scene too, man. That was like one of the worst rape scenes ever on, in a Hollywood movie. But, but as they say, it was kind of uncomfortable. I don't know if it was meant to be uncomfortable. I think it was like Willie trying to be friends, but the way that John Carlin was acting it, there was the kind of like uncomfortableness of it. I don't think I don't know if it was meant to be that because if you listen to the lines they're saying, they're no okay lines. It's like he's trying to be friends and trying to make amends, but it's just but. I think John Carlin had this leer about him when he's delivering these lines and he's, right. you know, he's doing this kind of like, I'm, I've just gotten out of an assailant asylum. So I'm not 100% at yet. He might've so been going kind of he, oddness. He might've been going on sense memory, because if you remember when we were covering the episodes where Willie first, where John Carlin first appeared as Willie, uh, he was, he, that was the guy that Burke beat the hell out of in the bar. Yeah. Uh, that was the, that was the guy that was, uh, you know, running after, you know, any, anybody he could, any woman he could. And uh, the thing with Maggie was that, uh, remember when Barnabas had hypnotized Maggie and wanted to turn her into Josette with that plot line, Willie was, uh, very sympathetic towards her and Willie developed an attraction towards her. But at that time, Willie was under Barnabas's influence as well. Yeah, he was, under, he was being compelled, wasn't he? So maybe that that compulsion is no longer with now that right. Barnabas. Maybe is he just needs another good cane beating. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> There's no more beating Willie with the canes. Like I miss the old to, days. Now he wants to get his rocks <laughs> off, and and when he and when he's and and also maybe because he was let out of Wincliffe and he just felt. Oh, I'm free. Now I can do what I want, you know, and, uh, you know, but it was kind of disconcerting because 
you you kind of saw this growth in Willie while he was under Barnabas's control towards a more empathetic character because of the torture that he himself was undergoing. But now that he's not undergoing that anymore, it sounds like looks like he's reverting back to his back to his original self. Well, you, you do have to laugh because you get. I mean, we open up basically with Barnabas goes, "Oh, we need to get Willie out of um, Windcliff," and so they go to Windcliff and. You know, Julius goes, I don't know if it's right, but Barnaby gets his own way. And, it, and he goes, Willie, we're letting you out under the one condition. You have to stay on the grounds of old house, of the old house. You can't leave the old house. Soon as Barnaby's back's turned, Willie's off the Maggie's. That's <laughs> so right. He's wandering That's around. Right. Yeah, when he comes through those earrings, what's the deal with that? The earrings, like, enchanted? Are okay. They- so here's so here's that's, here's, that's called foreshadowing. <laughs> so here's and it is, but but Keith, that's an excellent point. It is foreshadowing because mm-hmm. the earrings represent the possession. Uh, the the when Maggie was hypnotized, literally in or conditioned into believing right. she was Josette, and so the earrings are reminding her now, are beginning to remind her of Josette. That's right, and that was the that I didn't was. See ju- it as that way. I just see it. I I saw it as I don't know. Maybe they were kind of enchanted or something, or you know. But I guess well, she doesn't really remember Barnabas still, yeah, and all the will. stuff that he did. Mm. did to Maybe her. it's because yeah. But well, the gonna, thing is, you can tell that they're, they're, that they're going in that direction because that's right. When um, because what you have, he gives us the earrings. You're not quite sure the Josettes. You know that he's stolen them from Barnabas, of course. Well, it's Josette's like, so, jewelry that he took it from. Yeah, but say we, we, but, showing... we we're, but we make that re- uh, the assumption. Then we get Barnabas and with Adam, and then uh, Barnabas is going through Josette's jewelry for some reason, which is an Adam's cell. Adam like shiny things. Yeah, so yeah. he's going through that, and then he and then he mentions the Barnabas about the earrings, and then Maggie shows up wearing the earrings, and so obviously there's they're building this into something. So right. they are building it into something because uh, I don't want to reveal too much, but she's going to recover her memory at one point, and uh, this is Not what to that point yet. Yeah, I'm this ahead, is what they're building it up yet. to. So, but at this point. Uh, it's it's enough for that she re- now remembers that Willie tried to help her rather than Hurt harm her, her when yeah. he showed up that night and he was shot. And so as far as Maggie's concerned, uh, you know, she's lost the fear and the animosity uh, that she had. But try telling that to Joe. Joe's as jealous as hell. And uh, he was, uh, he's just, and it shows you Joe, Joe has an insecure side that we've never seen before uh-huh. uh, because he, re- because he thinks that she's attracted to money and money that he doesn't have. Yeah. yeah. And and so this, adds yeah, but he had that problem with Carolyn as well though, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so it is. A, so obviously, I but, mean, I guess it's good that they're carrying the part of Joe forward and keeping that, keeping his faith. Cause I mean, Let's face it, Dark Shadows has a habit of forgetting little story things like this. It's like all of a sudden the character mm-hmm. comes back after being not on for a while. They got a brand new personality. or So it's quite good that they're trying to go back to the beginning and keep keep it going forward. With yeah, I, I think there's a that's very, yeah, no, that I, that's a good point. And uh, the, the difference, though, with uh, Carolyn and with Carolyn and Joe, despite the fact that he was uncomfortable, he was he, he was still he still wanted to make it work. Uh, with right. Carol, and he was very besotted with her, and he was going to take that promotion and, to, and work his way up until he got enough money to buy the boat, you know that kind of thing. Does he ever get his boat? I'm afraid not. 
Um, but uh, but he's uh, in fact uh, the job isn't even mentioned anymore with Maggie. No. The cannery, uh, you never hear anything about the cannery anymore. No, nope. or about the Collins family business. Nope, I've nope. noticed. Well, I think I, I think that once Barnabas came on the screen, and once um, Bert got killed off, then we started. Mm-hmm. Now we're just firmly into supernatural Collins portion. Right, and, absolutely. And normal absolutely. lives, absolutely. I mean, that, I mean, the pro- I think the problem with Maggie basically is, I mean, there's not a problem with Maggie, but Maggie is always going to be the bridesmaid and not the bride kind of thing. Yeah, there's, um, you know, she's like everyone's best friend isn't she and it's, and for me and her and joe it's like he had this kind of sex appeal but now you kind of it's almost they've been friend zoned with each other and in this block anyway i don't know, yeah. you know what how they have the next block but it's kind of like the romance and the, the tenderness they had with each other it's almost like something's happened in their relationship where they they're now friend zoning each other <laughs> yeah yeah they kind of sort of have yeah, there's not, there's no longer that. Oh, let's you know, let's sit and you know, let's let's cuddle together, or let's go spend time together, or something. Oh, like that. I, so I think Joe just bursts yeah. in, go da 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 da. He bursts out, and so you don't have any of those tender moments between the two of them, or even even going. I mean, I I am assuming because of the old house and other sets that they've been building, that I think the diner is gone because they haven't been to the diner in one. Oh, time. I know. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't and, even think of that. And Maggie, and Maggie time. hasn't been at work for a long time. <laughs> There's going to be a reference to that one more time. What's happening to Sam, you know? Oh, then that, of course, is the other thing, you know. So now David Ford comes back, and uh, he's over his divorce from, well, not over, because he got divorced from Nancy Barrett and uh, took his rest. He took it really hard, didn't he? He he gained a lot of weight, unfortunately. Uh, You could see uh, uh, when he comes back. But the the bottom line was he, he, he developed a problem uh, he was looking at the teleprompter too much, and they were and he was pissing them all off. So I so they took him back, but they deliberately decided to make him blind so that he always could read the teleprompter. And what you're going to see those later, glasses. That's right. So he could read the teleprompter, <laughs> and they I would... just can't stop laughing, man. Every time I see them, I just, I well, I have to sit there and say though that when we get when we get the the the. The I always call it the pig pic the pig picture of Angelique because that picture is god awful. I don't know who painted it. But, I didn't think it was that bad. Oh, Laura! I mean, I'm sorry, but Laura Parker is a beautiful woman, and that she picture makes her that picture makes her look like Angelique got mixed with Miss Piggy. So I call it well, the here, pig picture, Angelique, because it's not a nice portrait. But anyway, well, here they're experimenting with Dorian Gray, and yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and you're going to see that in another plot much later. We don't want to talk about it for the new fans, uh, but they really go high heavy on the Dorian Gray uh, steel. Uh, but but here they're experimenting with it for the first time, and uh, that gives them a chance to use Jerry Lacey a little bit. Uh, with the with the soap opera, uh, with the soap opera nonsense, uh, and uh, and David, uh, of course, sees the two of them kissing, and uh, threatens to tell everybody. Yeah, Leak strikes him mute. Yeah, you got a whole <laughs> and, and the and like but that. she he gets his voice all of a sudden when he needs to tell the dream curse to. Well, because Mrs. Johnson, Mrs. Johnson, Mrs. what happened to her son? Yeah. Goodness, he was there. Oh, he <laughs> her son disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> the son's living there, but we haven't seen him since. They <laughs> ma- so they make a brief watching. reference to him uh, in one of the episodes, saying he's living there. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, he's living there. <laughs> 
And then she goes off. She goes off because okay, we're, she's going to go on. She's going to go away. That way she can't carry on with the dream curse. And she goes off. And of course, she doesn't take her son with her because she magically comes back. Doesn't she? Because she can't bear it any further. And she needs to share the curse. Hey, yeah. Forward. But it's like, saw, first of all, I, where did she go? And how come she left her son at home? It's like, do they really? It's like, here, you take care of my son. I'm going on holiday. <laughs> refresh my memory. Okay. Was she supposed to tell David the dream curse? Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and, and she, and, and that's some really nice acting by Clara's Blackburn. Mm-hmm. You really, to me, you really get to see how fond she is of the kid. Yeah. Uh, so much so that when he finally falls asleep, she's sitting in the chair because she wants to watch him. She feels so guilty that she had to tell him of course julia who uh julia who um you know did not want you know felt she had to tell the next person although barnabas tried tried his best to talk her out of it and julia says i can't work on the experiment if i don't say anything and then but then julia goes ahead ultimate hypocrisy he tries to prevent mrs johnson from talking tries to prevent willie from talking uh while she herself couldn't wait to talk and uh and wouldn't listen to barnabas but uh but mrs johnson you really see this she's she feels guilt-ridden at the idea that she's gonna har- that she's gonna tell little david and that david is gonna go through this horrible nightmare experience because of her so she's really been really fond of the kid and uh and, and and that scene where she's she's listen she's she's there for him. She's there for him, and then after he wakes up, he runs and hugs her. I, I thought that was very tender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Wait, really. I did find this thing going on too with, with Dr. Lang. Oh I, thank you for uh, mentioning yeah. that. Yeah, that now now they kill him off. Uh, with this, and of course, no more overacting. What did he? What, how did he die? Though, did he die from a heart attack, or did he, he die from attack. a stroke? It was, or, or was he choking on the scenery? Angel, it was probably <laughs> all Angelique three. Angelique was squeezing his heart, Ange, wasn't she? Angelique was doing her voodoo doll, act, <laughs> yeah, and she was sticking pins in him, and yeah. she says, "Now, just a little now, just so you can." I mean, she really has say this, "Just a little now, so you can, can feel a little people. pain, and then you'll feel a little more." And yeah. then he's like, "Oh, oh, oh you know, yeah. Julian." He was, like, he was such a, he was such a. Oh, he was always. He was a old. ham. I, I know Keith loved him, <laughs> but he was such a. I love. Ham. I love him. I oh, I love him. I, I just thought he was overzealous. I thought he was. He funny. was over. Oh God, he was overacting. And but you know. I think. I but I think. I think the reason why I love him. I think that if you're not familiar with the old Universal horror, mm-hmm. um, and of that mad it. scientist, I think that you'd find him like overbearing and stuff like this. But be, because I think. I would like to think that the reason why he was acting that way is because it's an ode to that. Because we it have was. seen him in roles, we have we seen him in roles of like that before, and he, he was never he never overacted like that. I, well, I know I agree with you. I mean, this was an so, um, homage, and that's what I love. Well, it was like a descent into madness, though, because he was okay when he was treating people, and then all of a sudden, well, you he, would hope so. <laughs> but then he just started going down that road, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he found some. He found. He, well, he, you know, he found his, but the bottom line was, is that she was doing the pins and Mrs. Johnson interrupted her. Yeah. And cause uh, about something totally trivial, uh, you know, and, and she, it startled her and she had the pin and she stuck it right through the doll. Yeah. And that was when he gave his, what baby. happened to the medallion? Did Stokes take it back? Uh, no. Uh, well, what's his name? Tony Barnabas? Peterson 
got it for her from uh, okay he, that's right because yeah, she yeah. Did, did they her, gave it back to him so okay. so so lang was not protected if he had had that medallion he probably he would have been fine i mean i'm quite impressed that lang had hooked on classics on real to real i love yeah. <laughs> that was one of my first exposures to classical music by the way um well, hooked on I, classics or uh, tchaikovsky's uh music <laughs> But he's got that one thing. Does anybody ever hear, <laughs> other than Adam, hear that? What's going on on that? Yeah, eventually, yes. Eventually, eventually, yeah. yes. Eventually, but I still don't understand how he was supposed to save Barnabas being alive. It doesn't really make any sense to me. But. Well, no. In other words, the thing is, is that if both of them, if, well, Barnabas originally was supposed to, his whole life force was supposed to was supposed to have been transferred to right. Adam, but. Lang was talking about the possibility that that might not totally happen and that that part of the life force would be transferred. Therefore, they would both be alive. And because they were both alive, uh, Barnabas's affliction was now drained into Adam without Adam experiencing Dying. himself. Yeah. So as long it's a bit as- like, um, think of it as, uh, I guess, if you think of it in medical terms, think about like um, the way that you would um, cleanse blood. Yeah. So you would need bar- that Barnabas you need perfusion in before it goes back in. So Adam's like the blood cleanser sort the of thing. So, so <laughs> basically the the blood is going from Barnabas into Adam and then going back into Barnabas. So if something happens, he, the, the the thing that cleanses the blood goes bad. Yeah. So the, of course that sets so up a nice kind of thing kind of thing but with I kind of miss the old days where Barnabas has a, the the crazy eyebrow thing and he's got the dirty old man thing going on. I do. I have to say, I do like Barnabas's suits when he's wearing modern suits. I like the way yes. I like the cut uh-huh. of them. They, uh-huh. they suit him very he well. He is sharp. Although now he's wearing this gray three-piece suit with a with a vest, and then when Barnabas gets on the bed uh, with Adam, uh, well, he's got his bathrobe, but he's still wearing his gray suit pants. Uh, so he so he decided. Well, they didn't have pajamas for him, so let him wear his let him continue to wear his gray. Yeah, suit but doesn't pants he wear a suit table. in his coffin anyway? <laughs> you don't see what? the coffin much anymore either. Well, he doesn't, need, he doesn't need it at the moment, does he? He's yeah. probably sitting no, in now because he's no longer a vampire in, at the moment. Yeah, so, in, in fact, they redressed the cellar set. If you look at it that way, I mean, instead of you used to get this long shot uh, as you saw the cellar, you saw the coffin in in a big space as you went down the steps. Now you've got a very short a very short side uh, site of the cellar. And then as you move to the left, you go to the cell, which was not in the original, which was not in the original um, scenario. So they've literally redone the cellar set to accommodate Adam, uh, Adam's cell. Uh, They did have that cell before, but they had it in a more, uh, it was like in an alcove, so to speak. Right. So he's supposed to be in the same cell that Maggie was in. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yep. 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 Why does he have a cell in your bed? What, like, what's, let's see. It's like, I want a man cave over here and I want a cell over here. <laughs> Why would you put a cell in your basement? <laughs> I, I can't remember. Were those jewels always in that room? Because uh, remember Josette, yeah, not Josette, yeah. but Maggie escaped behind a brick wall that one time. It's a good and question. Did, and I, that I, wasn't there before. I don't think it was. I think it's a good question. And I think that, yeah. I, I, imagine, I imagine the um, jewels came from Josette's room down because they're in the jewelry box, aren't they? So yeah. I think Willie brought them down. There were two boxes, actually. 
there was a large box and a small one. I mean, he never opened the large box. Uh, it was a small box that we that we saw all of this cost in their old costume jewelry, really. But those emerald earrings look nice. They really did. Really I don't. I don't remember Joe's ever nice. wearing them. So no, well, probably I don't not. Probably not. I think uh, she would have pulled them out for her first wedding at least. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the dream curse. <laughs> Now, the dream curse is really the other main plot. Adam is one side, and the dream curse is the other. And now we see the dream curse progressing. And uh, I love that. And I think of all the ones that had it, I think John Carlin gave the best dream curse performance because he's like, like, he, like he doesn't want to go towards the door, and, and and like he's literally being forced to do it, and he's and you know, he was a great actor, and screaming, oh my god, oh my god, he was, I mean, he was frightened to death. Uh, he gave a beautiful, beautiful <clears throat> performance, and aside from the wonderful blooper of the uh, industrial. Uh, garbage can that the dry ice was coming out of, right. and you actually see the uh, uh, an industrial sticker which is yellow and red. On the, you couldn't read it, but it, you could actually see an industrial red and yellow sticker on the garbage can while he while he was dreaming. So I think that was uh, that was kind of cute, and you know the Josette's theme. So they're playing the Josette's theme that we use now. Uh, the second one, and then in the dream course, all of a sudden they go back to the first one. And yeah, they did change it up. I don't know why. I don't know why they did that. I'll have to look that up. Didn't have time, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it was a copyright issue. So sort. technically, when they're doing this dream curse, and I know this, I, I, I this is going to sound stupid because you can no, see the skeleton's got the. Uh, the, you can tell it's a medical questions, skeleton. Vicky. You can tell sure. it's a medical skeleton. Yeah. It's got the, the the thing here, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. is the is the skeleton supposed to be Josette in the bridal? Yeah, I, I, I think they're all actually. She's been bleached. Yes. <laughs> I think they're actually. All actually the worst thing about it is actually it's actually a male skeleton they're using as well. Oh, really? Wonderful. That's great. I yeah, by the pelvic bone. That's great. That's I wasn't looking at the pelvic. Maybe that was Ben's skeleton. <laughs> you know, that was. <laughs> I mean, I had to sit there and say that I think you know, if anyone's out there, I I, I would love to take everyone's have them, someone make a collage of all the dream curses, like from, from like the first person, and then it's you know, really make, then done. slice slice together the next one all the way until we get to the end of this whole dream curse thing, because it is kind of a. Ted talk about hammy acting because I, I mean, John, I mean, John Carlin does a good job on it, but it is, it's like, like, it's almost like, okay, let's do this hammy acting. Okay, your turn, your turn, your turn. And I mean, we do get the whole cast doing this dream curse by the end, right. by the time we get to the end of it. Yeah. But it is like, and it's, it's like, but each one's like trying to outdo the other one to be a bit more hammy well, with it. Well, you <laughs> so must it's like, it I noticed. When- when Lang yeah, had like, when Lang had the dream, you must have loved that, you know, because yeah. that was his real time to shine. Because um, we've had what four, four, five of them now, haven't five we? Or five, six, of the five or now. six, five at least five, five. five and because because they keep adding an extra right uh, element, as it goes so, along, as and, goes and they do get hammer and hammer. You know, we got Mrs. Johnson, you know, clutching, putting her hand to her mouth and chewing off her hand. I think Julia did the best hammy. Yeah. Julia is always always like, you know, so Julia. (laughs) 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 And then afterwards we get 
<laughs> Julia does, Lady Macbeth, and she's gonna be clutching your pearls and washing your hands. I can't. I well, can't. You, you, <laughs> what, I, what I found interesting, and of course I've watched this a few. I've watched the whole series of, a few times, but what I found interesting this time, and I never realized it before, was that all these door, all these figures behind doors, they're all representations of different types of death, uh, or how you can, or how you or how or either before or after you die. So you have the skull, which is death, and that's after you die, and the skeleton. And then you have the guillotine, which now is... Now, what's with the guillotine? Uh, why why I, choose that? I think it was laying around. Probably. Probably. You have... Uh, Unless we go back to the French Revolution at some point in the series. Yeah. Know, <laughs> the bats. The bats. You know, and and the worst and the worst thing was when they got that uh, taxidermist wolf head, which was not scary at all. Yeah, and 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 then and and, and contribute to John Carlin because he's talking about how Willie perceived it that I saw the dog and it was going to come out at me and it was going to at any minute it was going to rip me apart and then and I'm like that dog that the, the little head there sticking there and all they were coyote <laughs> I think it was a coyote, wasn't it? Was it a coyote? I think it's a coyote. Oh, I, I don't know. know. That's funny. I know no. it wasn't a dog. <laughs> was it That's a dog? Funny. I'm pretty sure it's a coyote. Oh, maybe a wolf. I thought back. maybe it was a wolf of some sort, but maybe uh, it's foreshadowing of what's to come. Yeah, it could have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, true. Could have been a coyote, but everything is a representation of That's death or ways me to meet death or what. <laughs> Or what? And by the way, in one of the dream, in one of the dreams, they forgot about the guillotine, and they just they, they didn't even show it. That's true. Uh, so there's another. There's another. Probably movie. wasn't working that day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was in use. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I mean, I, I mean, Maybe they needed it in general hospital for something. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's what they're saying. I mean, I guess we also have to remember that. I mean, they've kind of shot this live, isn't it? So basically, it's like every time they open the door. So I mean, it, I mean, it's not like they. I mean, I guess today if they were going to do it, they probably would just have each door and they would have filmed each door and then basically what we get, and then what they do is they get the actor to go to the door, open the door, and then they would keep the already the footage that they already have. But because they're, because this is done live and they don't, they're not doing that, they're actually doing these live each time that one, one of these characters have their dream curse. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But so it, yeah. it, is, it is fun. It is. And so, so you see a progression of that. Um, I, I want to ask you, Keith, about a, what, what I think is a really great blooper when uh, Julia is uh, examining Sam with the ophthalmoscope. And uh, what she basically does, and he's starting to smile already, what she basically does is like wave it in front of his eyes. Now, as I recall, you first of all, the ophthalmoscope has a light attached to it, and you put it close, as close as you can to the eye, and you look into the eye through the ophthalmoscope, and that's what you're looking for. Well, the way she did it, she should be thrown out of medicine, Uh, you know. And she goes ahead and says, "You have uh, optic nerve damage." From a from a fundal from a fundoscopic examination, that's what that's supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, do you agree? Um, it's very unique how she comes up with her <laughs> medical practices. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean let's face it. I mean, she. I mean, we when she's taken the pulse a couple of times, she's always. Sometimes she's used her thumb, and we know <laughs> you never use your thumb on the pulse because your thumb has a pulse in it. That's that's right. That's so, right. Um, yeah, and there's been a couple of times where you know, yeah, she um, wherever she went she... to medical school, I think it was very unique. 
I mean, almost as unique as their hypnotizing elements, which we get to see that. We get to see her bring out the Christmas tree decoration again and try to hypnotize Willie. That was something that was an afterthought. But I thought it was good. You said, yeah, why couldn't you simply hypnotize them all into forgetting? And so they took care of that one. It doesn't work. Uh, because it's the, the, either the dream is too, in, well, her explanation is that the dream is too ingrained in the subconscious. My explanation is that she's incompetent. Uh, but that's, uh, but that's another, but, but that's I can't another. I wait for Angelique to go back looking like Angelique. I hate the black wig. You know, well, it, it, it reminds me of Sabrina, um, Serena and Bewitched. When yes, Samantha I didn't like that Serena one either. She put down the dark wig. It kind of kind of reminds me of that a little bit. It's yeah. Not, it's, so it's quite interesting. I mean, I guess the only, I mean, the, my only problem with this kind of thing is, is that some of the people who ran into, well, I guess it's okay now because I guess some of the people who ran into Angelique know now, but there was a kind of a thing when, you know, she showed up and then, you know, they, Victoria at first didn't quite know who she was. And then Barnabas is Barnabas knew right away, but it was kind of like, well, but then they, they kind of, gone through we've gone through that now she knows that cassandra is angelique so that's yeah but um but actually i have said to say um victoria winters and jeff clark are missing so i don't know where they're a couple of episodes they're in a couple episodes yeah uh you know still hasn't figured out that barnabas is barnabas they they it's it's a minor it's just a minor point where jeff once he hears that lang is dead runs to uh his house uh, runs to Lang's house to see if he can get yeah. uh, his medical records and Barnabas catches him there yeah. and uh, Barnabas tries to talk him out of it and they have this nice little scene about each threatening each other as to what they're going to do to each other and finally Jeff looks at the records finds out that he was never involved in the murder and runs mm-hmm. to Vicky and they're all kissy kissy and you know yeah. now I'm free to love you, Vicky, and that's where that and that's where that is. But so obviously they, they're all having sex, so we haven't seen them for a while. Yeah, <laughs> probably Barnabas. <laughs> I just didn't Marital. understand why she was going to jump to marry Barnabas. Still, I just that that eludes me. Vicky, yeah, she I was, think she was I, I under think, his spell. Yeah, was, but, was but still, I mean, but he, but even when she even when she came back, she I don't know, it's kind of like it was it just kind of. She didn't. She, she. But then again, she's a bit. Sometimes she is a bit slow about putting two and two together. And then sometimes when she does put two and two together, she gets four or five, depending on what Victoria is doing at the moment. So I will say at least they remembered uh, with uh, this 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 story that uh, Barnabas came up with when they when he thought his entire uh, spirit was going over to Adam, and they made up a story about Adam Collins, uh, which he described as a cousin that was going to come to Collinwood and while Barnabas went back to England to take care of business, which later turned into Barnabas's nephew. And I have no idea how the cousin. Well, they they were going to use Jeff's head, weren't they? <laughs> that was before that was last one. Yes. Yeah. They yeah. stopped, they stopped that part. Uh, they obviously found another head. Um, <laughs> or is that what they call getting ahead? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Better at getting ahead than giving head. Yeah. <laughs> I know I wasn't gonna go there. Neither was I. <laughs> but I thank mean, seriously, because Jeff, thank you for educating us. Poor Jeff, though he's you know they want to cut his head off and stick it on this headless body and yeah. Oh my God. And he I doesn't mean, I guess remember anything from his prior life. So I mean, the only problem. I mean, the only problem with Doctor Lang dying and we finding out that Raj. I mean, Jeff is 
doesn't have the past that he thinks he has. So now this has kind of left a little bit of a hole because it's like, why did Dr. Right. Lang need Jeff so badly? What was right. the reasoning for the blackmail? I don't think we get answers for that. No. And, and then the idea We're not going to get those answers. Well, remember, they originally brought Willie back so that Willie would be the Fritz thing, but it was decided that, uh, you know, that it wasn't, and, and they went ahead and Julia decided, Julia didn't want to do it originally, and then all of a sudden she changed her mind. Uh, and, and, and I don't yeah. think there's... Uh, well, Julia does flop back and forth. She's not very yeah. consistent with her moralistic compass sometimes, is she? <laughs> well, it's her feelings for Barnabas also. She hates to love him and loves to hate him. And, uh, he's just so, know. he's just so, he's, he's, he's just so shallow about her feelings. Well, you know what? I, I well, It looks like in this block, the manipulativeness of Barnabas is once again surfacing without so much yeah. the evil. But you don't see as much of the empathy and tenderness that you saw in the last block when he first discovered he was human. Well, can Here, he ever truly be kind for more than, you know? I don't think he remembers. Well, well who Barnabas, well, the thing is, is Barnabas is a spoiled brat. He's a spoiled man-child, isn't he, at the end of the day? Well, I mean, he even, still we, is. Because we saw, we saw him when he was before becoming a vampire and um and then vampirism turned him into more of a spoiled brat sort of thing and now he's you know now he's you know he's he's ha- he's not happy until he gets what he wants and he always has to get what he wants and that's what it's all about isn't it i mean think about it he's fine with adam and, and he's quite touched when adam says barnabas which i have to sit there and say for someone who can't talk the first words that come out of his mouth is a three-syllable word which is quite barnabas yeah, <laughs> the famous Papa, Mama. No, he just goes right to the Barnabas. Barnabas. <laughs> and so um, that's quite impressive. And the thing is, um, he's like sticking up for Adam until Adam attacks him, and then, and then Adam has to die. I mean, that's pretty much Barnabas's character. Well, that's he's why fine. he's a poor father figure. He's a yeah. poor role model as a father. Whereas Julia seems to understand all the reasoning for what Adam's going through, and she's explaining it to him. Well, and uh, this, yeah, this? but it doesn't help that she's explaining it to him in medical terms. Is like, you know, no, that don't worry, I'm gonna sit there and swab your clavicle. What's yeah. up? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, did you know she tried to? <laughs> I know that, that he really got it in for Julia. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, well, did, because, well, she's doing what she's doing what's best for him, but while she's doing it, she's explaining it to him in medical terms. To a man who only knows like one syllable words, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he only knows pain. He knows he doesn't like pain. It's like ta- it's like, it's like it's like having a Spanish patient and speaking German to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and then, of course, and of course, the and the Beast thing when he takes Carolyn. You know. Well, that was. I thought that was more of um King Kong. Okay, <laughs> right. He's like turning around. Ah. You, she, she, you really realize her smallness, you know, when when you watch those. He picked her up like a toothpick. She's just a, a, a little thing. She wasn't yeah. very big at all. I picked mean, she's like a toothpick. It was incredible. Yeah. We don't realize how big um, Rodan is either until yeah, he until we interviewed oh, him. Until we interviewed him, uh, that was um, that was a, six five. Something like that, yeah. He was, yeah, he was a pretty tall dude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and of course, Julia once again injects Adam with air. Uh, she she pulls a syringe. There's no liquid in it, uh, and injects him injects with Adam it. with air. <laughs> so injects Adam with air once again. Uh, you know, part of her part of her uh, 
uh, for practice and uh, could, you could, you could have killed oh, them with an embolism, yeah. right? You could have killed them with an embolism right there. Um, you know, she also, this is not in this block, but she takes a person's blood pressure without without putting the stethoscope in their ears. Wasn't it that blue stuff? That she had blue, was it the blue liquid she was supposed to have in there? That was last time. This time there last was time. a red liquid. This time there was a red liquid. And she was before the first was, to say... I think before it was Drano in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but a step... I mean, Dr. Lang's lab started looking like Dexter's laboratory after a while with all the gifts yeah. and everything else, you know? That's, That's what me. I kept thinking of as Dexter's laboratory. Of course, you have the famous scene with, the, uh, with Willie with the chicken. Uh, in this in this block, uh, with offering the chicken the chicken drumstick to Adam and oh, was that the, in this block? That's the one. Yep, that's in this Oh my block. God, the drumstick. That, that's one of the questions I was going to have. Why is Willie tormenting Adam? Is he because he's jealous of Adam, or he's just he got pissed him? off at him? Uh, for I can't his, remember it, why either. I'm trying to remember also, but I uh, but he, my, he didn't take to Willie at all though. Willie Willie's resentful of having to keep an eye on him too. In general, in general, that's yeah. one thing. And I also think maybe that he became envious of the attention that Barnabas was giving to Adam and uh, took it out, acted out and took it out on him. Uh, and Willie does have some kind of weird factuation with Barnabas, doesn't he? But it's also, this like, is what happened. Some of his father, some of his father's son situation. Stockholm syndrome. And Maybe everything. an alter ego but, kind of but, thing. But the Stockholm syndrome is absent here. Now, I think what you have is a more of a rebellious kid, uh, which is what Willie is. But also, once again, that, that goes from the Frankenstein. That's borrowed from the original Frankenstein movie where Fritz was torturing the monster. He tried to steal as much uh, out of the movie as possible. And some of it worked and some of it doesn't. Uh, but, the, but I think that, but I think the, tri- and oh, by the, uh, uh, but the tribute again is to Robert Rodan. And also uh, they brought Stokes in for a couple episodes. Let's not mm-hmm. remember. Let's not forget that. Uh, they brought Professor Stokes in for a couple of episodes, and that was where Julia uh, seeks out his advice. And he's super uh, highly intelligent. He's not the the old Ben, you know, of well, prior. Sure. I have to sit there and say it's quite handy that when this stuff starts happening, that someone comes to town and knows everything about it. <laughs> Stokes is the one that about everything. <laughs> Stokes is the one that tells Julia what the dream curse is and what it can and what it can mean, and it results in sudden death. And uh, then, of course, Barnabas puts two and two together and says, "Oh, that's my death." He's talking about. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, they're quite fortunate, Collins part, because anytime anything happens, they do get people that kind of move into the area that know what they're what they're you know know what they're talking about. Me. I'm lucky if the people that move into my area can read or write. So I don't know. They're quite lucky there. <laughs> well, and of course, Vincent <laughs> Bryan comes back as Sheriff Patterson for a couple of episodes. And uh, the, uh, and uh, now by the way, uh, Judith Lowry, who portrays Angelique's hand, uh, she was in a, she was in a tremendous amount of, uh, uh, Judith Flower, you know, when Angelique's getting old and you see and you see her old hands, uh, Judith Lowry has done a lot of work and uh, I'll find it eventually. Uh, but you had a couple of, but you had a couple of people uh, that uh, that had gone on. 
but you guys say something while I'm looking it up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keith. Well, the, the whole thing with the painting was Sam was supposed to make her look old, right? So that she would age. And that's when, um, oh, God. He was really getting into like scraping it with that metal um, brush wool, wasn't he? Yeah. And I'm going there yeah. and so she could feel it. It's like a sadomasochist. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna scrape her face. Yeah. Ooh, oh, yeah. This is good. Oh, yeah. This is good. She looked actually good. She did look like she did look like um, she's going off to get um, Snow White an, an apple, but she did, she did have that. Yeah. <laughs> like, she had the cow over her head. Such a woman that ugly. It was almost criminal. And then she, I like it when she makes. She kind of leaves. Sam goes blind. She comes back in, and he's like, can't find her. While she's like picking up the white thing and going off. But it does prove that there's actually another artist at Collinsport who can actually fix that painting. There yeah. you go. Well, that's right. Uh, what was uh, his Sam? Name? Not the only artist in Collinsport. There was one other guy. That's a trivia question that uh, Tony mentioned. Uh, which you never see on the show. He just kind of mentioned them by name. Judith Lowry, Judith Lowry, by the way, who did the hands, did Cold Turkey. She was on Phyllis, you know, the Rhoda spinoff. She was on Jackie Gleason, Anderson Tapes, Trouble with Angels, Valley of the Dolls. I mean, she did a lot. She did a lot. That was that was her. And the other one was uh, the deputy. The uh, yeah, the deputy they had a bully deputy on there, didn't they? Uh, that was torturing Adam in the jail. Yeah. It was it was just like Willie. It was it was, it was just like Willie, and uh, that was uh, and he was also he was also on a lot of stuff. So uh, once Adam. again, go ahead. Bullying yeah. the person who's got learning difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can you imagine? I mean, you know, that didn't. It, it, was, it was nice to see Elizabeth's daughter come out and have her little. Her little five minutes there where she's ta- questioning Willie and realizing that Willie can't lie with crap. I don't know who Adam is. <laughs> you know his name, Matt Willie. <laughs> I don't yeah. know who Adam is. <laughs> you know him by name, Willie. Don't pull that with me. <laughs> now that, now that, I like that. Yeah. That made me <laughs> smile, actually. It doesn't take much to outsmart Willie. No, he's not the yeah. brightest bulb in the pack, is he? No. Jonathan's big Jonathan's nice voice blooper, Professor Strokes, uh <laughs> is still is still remembered. <laughs> I think he I think he was foreshadowing the um innkeeper Conrad Bain's future role. <laughs> Different strokes. One of the guys in the dream curse that the one of the crew that was standing close to the, yeah you see yeah you do, you do see someone standing in the background at one point yeah, yeah i've never seen that oh I, yeah that's it that's right yeah now you'll yeah. see some of these hands moving yeah uh, you know through a scene i think it was in the in the forest of the i don't know if i could ever get used to that green screen stuff though dark shadows i guess i'm so spoiled to- chroma key chroma well key. that one where they're running out in the dark time he's got you know car- he's, um the barnabas is you know looking for adam while he's why Adam's carrying Carolyn around. And at one point they got two moons. Yeah. I've noticed that. That was like what like episode five oh four or five oh three. It was like they're outside. Okay. Like you see the stars and there's like a moon here and a moon over to the left. It's like, okay, two moons. That's good. That's good. So yeah. I, I don't normally I don't normally notice bloopers at all. Like they kind of wash over me. But yeah, I, I remember the one in the dream curse and I remember like why the two why are the two light sources coming? There weren't as many as uh, there were in the last block. I went crazy in the last block. But uh, the ones they had this time, there weren't as many, but they were minor. Uh, but there were, of course, uh, you know, there were, of course, a few major ones. 
but um, in uh, all, all in all, though, I, I mean, you know, you got to take this for what it's worth. It gets. I think they 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 kept Carolyn in the shack a little too long. Yeah, uh, you know, with Adam, you know, it just got boring and boring. And you it did get this little approach tedium. Yeah, well, I have to sit there and say though, um, rewatching it this time because I have to sit there and say when it comes to this block and the block after this and the block after that, I actually thought it. I actually my memory of it is very tedious. But I actually enjoyed it this time, watching it in this block. I, w- I wasn't as bad as I thought I remembered it to be. Yeah. So I, act- I was actually quite invested in it. It wasn't. I wasn't bored or anything like that. No, so, I wasn't but my, my memory of it is very being very tedious and very boring. But I didn't find it this time around. I was much younger when I watched those, though, back then. Um, I actually watched them. Well, I, I watched them when I, when I was... Um, when I bought the box set, so I got through these, and I always remember, like, oh my god, does it go? How slow is this? But actually, it didn't, it didn't work slow for me this time around. I actually I, was invested I, in it. So I, I think is I think aside from the fact that they kept her in the shack too long. Other than that, I, I really thought it was. I, I really thought it was fine. Uh, yeah, I really, it, yeah, it bounced around quite well, and they they were able to manage the, the different storylines very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as one as one's starting to get boring, they're going. They jump to the other one, and as that starts to get boring, they're jumping to the other one. And the, meanwhile, you got the whole you got the whole Cassandra storyline like intermixing in between them anyway to keep things going. Doesn't so. anybody think it's really just random though to bring home a new bride like that? <laughs> just like oh, I just met. Some yeah. Bride. Yeah, they they do seem to be able to accept things quite readily and easily. Uh, Very, uh, too readily and too easily. And once again, I don't want to get into too much in the future, but there's going to be a scene where where a bride and groom are getting married and the groom winds up on the wedding night digging up a grave. So uh, that's not something you see every day. Uh, instead of usually they're watching the football game, and that's why they're late to the wedding. But not why. But not, but not picking up a grave. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a yeah. That's, that's dark shadows. By the way, that deputy was Clifford uh, Petlow, and so the abusive uh, deputy. The abusive deputy who was born in Ontario in 1928, and he only died, he was 89 when he died in 2019. Magnum Force, uh, the original Hustler with Paul Newman, Blue Thunder, Dukes of Hazard, Love and Bullets, Alice, uh, Frisco Kid with Gene Wilder, Corvette Summer, did a lot of stuff, did a lot of mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, once again, examples of people that got their start on Shadows as extras and went on to other, that fascinates me. Uh, aside from the famous ones, you also have the, you know, you also have Susan Sullivan started out, uh, and she's a good friend of Catherine Lay Scott, and she started out as a as a stand-in for Josette uh, in the original. And she ended uh, up becoming the wife of David Banner. Uh, oh yeah, was she? No, that well, Lara Parker was the wife. No, they, no, he was never. Was she? She become his wife? Or she was the scientist or something. He was a scientist in the first episode. But Lara, Lara yeah. Parker was David Banner's girlfriend who died. And oh, okay. I just found that out recently. I was I was shocked. So they both I, were in it. What's that? But, so they were both in it. Well, David Selby and Susan Sullivan were in Falcon Crest together, weren't they? Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, I think that was it. Same. But yeah, I was shocked. You can't yeah, have that. one Dark Shadows actor without another one popping in at the same time. Oh, boy. In they come in pairs. 
<laughs> right. Laura Parker seemed to have been in a no- number of first episodes. I mean, she was in the first episode of Kung Fu. Uh, it was a nice role for her because, you know, it was in the Old West. Race with the Devil with Loretta Swit. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. But it's, it's really amazing the way that... When we interviewed her, she wasn't too impressed with that movie, but I, that's one of my favorites. So. I, th- I, don't, I thought it was good. I liked it, yeah. I like the ending of it. Any ending has a down ending I quite like. Absolutely. By the way, and so if Barnabas is the father, Julie is the mother to Adam, then Willie, I have my notes, is the bully brother, the bully brother of Adam. And so you've got, you know, so you have that, uh, you have that dysfunctional family, uh, at least, at least one. Yeah, I mean, none of them were really quite adjusted. This this is like massive dysfunction and on every level. In dark it's, it's, it's like it's like my three sons on acid when Fred McMurray yeah. married on Bever- Beverly and they had Dodie. <laughs> about family affair? <laughs> so you got Ernie and Dodie. Family, family affair on drugs. You know, think of Uncle Bill and, and oh God, French. And French would have been Mr. a good French dunce, and Buffy and Sissy. Buffy and Jody and Jody. Buffy, Sissy, and Jody. And Jody. Yes. Jody, the, the you know, the redheaded stepchild. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So I think what this brings us to is our segment where we talk about our favorite character and our least favorite character. And we're going to start with Vicky because she loves this segment. So who's your favorite character of this segment and our, on your least favorite character? I have to say Adam is my favorite character. And I think that he's my favorite character because when we interviewed him, I found out how much really went into this part and how he studied, you know, how little kids behaved and everything. Cause it, and he just wanted to do so well uh, and on this part that he was, you know, awarded on the show. And I, that, that gave me insight into really appreciating how much he worked really hard at it because he, he did. And uh, a lot went into it and he studied a lot. Does Tom remembers that, you know, he, he talked, he was with us when we were doing Absolutely. that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and he, he talked a lot about how he studied to do this part. And I don't really know if I, ha- I hate saying I have a character I don't like, but I don't know. I guess it would probably be, it's not Dr. Lang because I loved him in these parts. Um, maybe, I can't even say it's Willie because I liked that too, you know, him be going off the deep end again. Uh, quite possibly, I would have to say none of them. I liked all of them in this this block, uh, which I guess maybe, possibly, maybe Joan Bennett because she wasn't there enough. I mean, she had a very minuscule part. I didn't. You just didn't see her much in this, did you? I didn't um, think I saw her. Much. It was just a few episodes. Uh, she's she's kind of, she's kind of just asking questions. Where are you going? Why are you going? Why are you coming? When are you coming home? That kind of role. Who are you? Why is he there? Yeah, she didn't really she didn't really have a whole lot going on. She's really the heavy which wasn't talent. her fault. It was the writer, so you can't exactly even exactly. Yeah, they didn't give her they give they didn't give her much storyline, but maybe maybe she was on holiday. But I thought it was a strong block, pretty much for everybody that was in it. I mean, we didn't see too much of Joe. We didn't see much of you know, um, nothing. The two a couple episodes. No. Same thing with Catherine. Lace Willie Scott. was going bad shit again, and I kind of thought that was fun. I like Willie going crazy. Mm. He's really entertaining to watch. 
<laughs> but there's no Barnabas Cain beatings and no more canings. I miss the canings. So. <laughs> you saw beat up Adam. No, no, yeah. yeah, you did see him beat up Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I missed the canings. Adam a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I pretty much, I was pretty pleased with everybody. I mean, you know, Nancy Barrett, she was, you know, she hung in there with her part really well, even though she almost got thrown off of Widow's Hill by accident by putting, by loose debris. Yeah, loose <laughs> rocks, being set down on loose rocks in her Mary Jane. Her, her cute little yeah. shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and what about yourself, Tom? Who's your favorite character and who's your least favorite character? I have to agree with Vicky 110%. I think Adam, uh, I think Robert Rodan, uh, really stood out in this block uh i think he displayed a lot of pathos he uh he he really put the meat into the role he made you really believe that he was a that he was a little innocent child with who didn't know his own strength and uh doesn't like methylate (laughs) (laughs) um I'm surprised that he didn't punch Julia in the mouth when she gave him uh, that stuff. Rubbing alcohol, though, wasn't it? Was it alcohol or something or whatever she gave him? Uh, but uh, he was, um, you know, I mean, he, and he also, he also, he also showed compassion. I mean, he he didn't want to. I mean, he accidentally hurt Carolyn. He felt very horrible about it. And, he accidentally hurt David too. He was limping around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah picked uh you know but i think but especially with carolyn and and it was interesting the way the two of them were getting to know each other i mean she sensed that he really wasn't well it was like it was like push pull it was like push pull at one point she thought that she sensed that he really didn't mean what was happening and he was trying to be gentle towards her but then she tried to escape stupidly uh when she thought no nobody was looking but he was always looking and, and he grabbed her and then then she'd start to scream i mean you know and he put his hand over her mouth did and you think it was sort of like what keith said it was like king kong and Ray? i mean was he dead that yeah, yeah. There maybe? yeah there's an element of that i i thought like i said there was a lot of uh the Frankenstein uh, with, uh, you know, when, when they were getting along and music and good. And, you know, that was when, but then, then there was that element. So, so, so him, uh, honorable mention to uh, Clara's Blackburn, uh, who showed uh, some nice empathy towards David and uh, basically did some good Mrs. Johnson acting and also John Carlin for the dream curse. Uh, Two honorable mentions there. Um, the the only bad they didn't give Jerry Lacey a lot to do. Uh, he was just he, no. was, a, he was a fixture. Uh, it's kind of hard he, watching him be the mindless, you know, mm-hmm. that easy to control because he's he's so Humphrey Bogart, you know. Well, he was Humphrey he reminds Bo- me of Humphrey Bogart for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, 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 the eyeliner. It was exactly because he Humphrey his Humphrey Bogart impersonation was one of his trademarks and it got him into play it against Sam with Woody Allen. He played Humphrey Bogart's ghost in play it against Sam. And that was probably one of his most famous roles. And, uh, but, but here, you know, they just had him kissing. uh, They had him kissing Cassandra. And uh, while that was a nice smooch, that was about it. And uh, they were, the writers didn't give him anything to do in this box. So that would be my worst one. How about you, Keith? My favorite has to be, uh, yeah, I'll go with Adam Robert Rodin. I quite liked his performance in it. Yeah. And it, it, he kept me interested and kept me watching. Mm-hmm. Um, my least favorite character is David. I'm sorry, but I just think <laughs> when he, he went mute, <laughs> um, 
It's, it kind of like doesn't go anywhere. It's like you know they could have done. I don't know. I, I don't know if this. Well, what were they? Him. What were they supposed to do? Because he couldn't. Well, he, well, he could have mimed like I'm hungry or something. I don't know. I mean, we we saw. Well, did they? Act. They sent him to the doctor, and the doctor couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. Yeah, but he's just kind of mute, you know, sort of thing. But I'm saying that you know, so he just kind of sits there looking glum the whole time without. Does I he mean, forget that Angelique did that to him? I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I watched that episode. Um, I, I don't. He lets him talk again to relay the dream curse. She lets him talk and gives him a cookie, and he yeah, he forgets. Yeah, yeah, she makes him forget. She she hypnotizes okay. yeah. him. Yeah, and then and then we get David with Adam, and then he falls down and hurt, apparently hurts his um, leg, and then Roger says, "Come over here," and he forgets the limp. And then he goes back and he does remember the limp. So they're, you know, it's like, are you, you know, is your leg hurt or not? Yeah, but it's not so much. It's not David Hennessy's fault, really. It's just the no. kind of, the character they didn't really, it's kind of like, eh. Yeah, gotta remember, gotta remember, Louis Edmond's in there too. Louis Edmond was in there too, and they didn't give him a lot to do either. God, I missed the yeah, one. Yeah, but, but at least he had a gun. At least he had a gun and he had some famous quips where he's like shooting. Something. You know, so you had that. So, but I mean, I had to find someone that I found the weakest, and I, I think it's David. It's not. It's not the fault of the actor. No, it's not any fault of the actors. It's the writer. I do oh, think that writers. they could, have, David. You know, if you lose your, but if you do lose your voice, I think he can do more with it. I didn't know that was why. I didn't know why Sam. That that's the reason they put glasses on him like that. Yeah, yeah. I did so. not know that. That's an interesting little factoid. Yeah. Well, Absolutely, I but mean, he, but he still know that. I don't want to say, but that's why they killed. Um, later on, everybody, they're going to do something nasty to Sam Evans. And that was because David Ford, even with the glasses, was still screwing up. And that so, was it. I, mean, they, I couldn't stop like, that. There was a lot of, I mean, I mean, Dr. Lang dies from chewing on the scenery. And now they got David Ford or Sam coming in to chew on some scenery. So. Yeah. You'll, you'll be chewing on a lot of scenery, unfortunately. Poor, I, I think, poor, poor Dr. Lang. He was a brilliant mad scientist. I enjoyed uh, him. I, I, I but you'll hear his voiceover. But you'll hear his voiceover. Boy, what, yeah, what that's true. Yeah, well, we did hear his voice over at the end of um, five oh five, didn't we? When Jab yeah. Yeah. dives. Yeah, that was a that was, that was a nice ending to that block, don't you think? Yeah. I uh, have to say that gave us a really nice ending for, for this whole block as well. Yes. Sort of thing. That was got a nice ending. It was like it's quite poetic, and and we had the yeah. the, the, yeah. the waves crashing, and they had the over, the voiceover and Two yeah, of I, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, it was. They it both was. live. <laughs> Adam lives. No, no, really, no, really was. Uh, I thought it was. I was impressed with that. Actually, that actually stayed with me. Actually, it's like, oh god, that was really good. Actually, it must have been on a Friday. You know, so I bet you it was. I bet you, yeah, it was probably yeah, clipping or yeah. Friday. Yeah, Sounds like a Friday to kind of end. And so you get the impression that Adam threw himself off Widow's Hill, and no more Adam. Well. No, he's still around. You'll see never that. say never on Dark Shadows. That's right. No. Yeah. They'll resurrect yeah. somebody eventually, <laughs> too. So let's get to the segment about our overall thoughts of these episodes. Starting with you, Tom, what are your overall thoughts? Uh, um, I've seen better. I've seen better. I'm sorry, Keith. What was that? What was that? Uh, I said four eight three to five oh five, which is giving you the numbers. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um I've seen better, but I've also seen a lot worse. Uh so I, I think this was 
pretty par for the course. It wasn't, I don't think it was as strong as the 1795 block no. where, you know, everything was coming together. In the that was, that was on, that was. Yeah, I, I really on, on point. I, I think here, uh, you know, um, you know, you know, a few, <clears throat> you know, a few weaknesses and so forth, but they are establishing now Cassandra is here to stay, right. no matter how, much Barnabas is trying to get rid of her. And I th- and that was actually a very good uh, idea to age the painting. Mm-hmm. And uh, he never expected that she was going to, it was kind of stupid on Barnabas's part to think that she wasn't going to find out who did it. Uh, very clever, very clever of Cassandra to approach Tony and ask him, uh, who in the Collins, since he was a Collins family lawyer, who in the Collins family did paintings for them? And luckily there were only two. If there had been 10, I think she would have been dead by sunrise. But, uh, because there were only two and because she knew Maggie, it was very easy for her to grab Sam. And Barnabas never thought it would happen. Barnabas never thought she was going to find him, never thought she was going to make him blind. It was really very clever on Angelique's part. He had Barnabas with his pants down, so to speak. And now, so now Barnabas has one more person to feel guilty about yeah. having ruined Sam's life. But uh, the bottom line is that uh, it's, it's, it still maintains a certain level of uh, interest that we've come to see. And it is way above the first year uh, when the worst, the, when the, when the most exciting thing happening was Liz's husband, uh and uh that wasn't too exciting uh so we're doing good so we're doing good here i really i really think so i don't know i thought it was always quite exciting whether who who's going to date burke victoria you know. well if you remember though it, we were talking about it we were talking about that whole block <laughs> we were talking about it last year. It would take him 30 days to get an autopsy. And uh, this is a lot better than, the, than all the time we had to wait for that. So I do think it's, I, I do think it's better. I do think, and, and a lot more good things are going to happen. This is, this is, even when it's, even when it's not as good, it's still good. Yeah. If you can believe, if you can grasp that. I agree. And what about yourself, Fix? What's your well? I think safe to, safely this. established that Barnabas is like the the Prince of Darkness, and he doesn't do anything good for his friends by being around. Everybody ends up getting just destroyed by his presence. But um, I thought it was a pretty good block. I thought, you know, I mean, a lot of it was tongue in cheek. I, I mean, I kind of chuckled at it because I kept thinking of, you know the mad scientist stuff and, you know, and, and young Frankenstein, cause that's what was going through my head through most of that. But I mean, it was, you know, for back then, I mean, we were living in a different time in the sixties, clearly, you know, late sixties, early seventies era. And so this was cool stuff for back then. I mean, you got to remember kids were running home to sure. watch and see what was going to happen, sure. Sure. you know? So I thought it was a pretty good block. I thought that Angelique, you know, she's got to, I root for her all the time. You know, I don't like the black wig, but I root for Angelique because nothing, you know, she's, let's face it, Barnabas, you know, kind of dicked her over. <laughs> so but she, she's, she's really pissed. I mean, she's really taking it to the next level, but I mean, she's not going later. anywhere. That's for sure. She's got staying power. And I often wondered, okay, so is she just, she, is she like just naturally, uh, one of those, uh, 
embodied apparitions or she like a resurrect or you know because she's a resurrect yeah so so she just comes back body and soul basically and she's just you know she's just there and she's just fun to watch she's not only beautiful but she's just a great actress and i like seeing her you know she's really coming of her own in, in these episodes and she just they give her a lot of good stuff to work with i think so i think it's i think it's pretty fun still one of the things uh, in terms of alternate plot lines, which every once in a while they have the characters talking about what if this had happened, what if that had happened, when Barnabas talks about uh, how Adam is Adam is alive and he's alive, and when Barnabas is talking yeah. about that with Julian, he says, what if Adam is now the vampire? And, and wouldn't that have been a fascinating concept if they pursued that? If I know, Adam- that would have been interesting, because, you know, I mean, if you figure, like, he's going to be the, the, his his life force or whatever a mentally challenged it. giant ma- vampire yeah that's funny um and of course it goes uh, caroline in his arms oh. that would have been the first vampire that was not but he's so sweet and innocent though you know he he, he did such a good job in these these episodes when he you know he was wonderful he came into his own too he was wonderful no no robert rodan was wonderful in this block and don't take it away from him and take uh, anything away from him in this at all no 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 i'm 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 glad we interviewed him yeah i did too he's such a i mean he's kind of a sweet guy period you know absolutely we should yeah i'll May, we'll, we'll tell I'll, I'll tell him that we, that we mentioned him this time yeah that'd be cool yeah absolutely i mean i have to then say that um when we're getting to this block i was kind of regretting it because for some reason i have a really negative vision of what we're covering at the moment in my mind's eye but re-watching it is actually a lot better than i remember it to be it's good she enjoyed it it's good um, which I don't know why. I think it's because, um, but I don't know. I mean, because it, maybe it's the dream curse, um, which will, this goes on. The dream curse does go on for a little bit while, and the Adam storyline yeah. will be going on for. There's an interesting while. ending to it. And yeah. We'll yeah. Get into that. But I do think that um, because it, it does go on a bit, it does overstay its welcome. Unfortunately, I think yeah. I think that the that you forget how the block begins, and I think it's because they overstay and kind of over overshadows the whole feeling of everything so it's quite interesting to look at it in, as its own block i guess she i guess though so, in retrospect you, angelique wants to make people suffer she doesn't want to do it quickly that's so. right no, she's, yeah i like i mean i like i mean i like angelique she kind of she, to me she's kind of like the emphasis of the female bitch in soap operas isn't she yeah you know, like the template that would later become alexis carrington or later yeah. become you know all these famous mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. characters not i mean i, I like her and well, i had I, and I always fulton, as the world turns she was existing at that point eileen fulton was the uh lisa uh, oh yeah yeah she yeah. was the perennial she was the perennial bitch oh god uh, oh my god yes and I, and I love a character that you love 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 to hate that's what I loved about Trask during the summer I love to hate him because he just he's just so hateful that, oh he's an awful so, wretched human being but but it yeah. makes it so fascinating to watch and so you have that and then you Oof. and um you know we'll see I mean, more of Trask we'll you know it's good to see that some of the characters are growing and they're continuing to grow. So I quite like that aspect. And I like 
you know, and I do like some of my favorites do get a kind of a look in with these new storylines. So they are getting a little bit, they're not, they're not being cast aside. Like sometimes it can happen. This is very true. And once again, even the blooper, you know, the tape recorder, I want to mention that before we, before we leave Uh, one point, uh, they put the tape recorder on record and the reels aren't turning. And uh, another time when they have the tape, they do have the reels turning, but they forgot to thread the needle in the <laughs> in the in the two little slots. So you <laughs> and uh and uh, there's a there's a graph kind of thing. Uh that's you know when they're going around when Julia hits all the switches and you see the Van der Graaff generator and they didn't have a Van der Graaff but they had the light, the you know the electric. And so there's kind of like a graph, but there was only one problem. They have it in a few scenes and they didn't put ink in the pen. So the, so there's no ink we we don't know that until we finally see it when they put the ink in and we see the ink going through the thing. So I mean, you know, it's 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 wonderful things like that. That uh, and of course, you know, that's my uh, favorite. Uh, well, and then there's the ideas like I hope Doctor Lang left some money left over to pay for that electric bill. I hope so. I, I certainly hope so. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of Dark Shadows, episodes 483 to 505. We'll be back next month with episodes 506 to 520 something. <laughs> I think 530, aren't we? Well, let's so, see. Uh, we it, This was 483 to 505. So figure 505 to 527 or something if we go every 22 episodes. Yeah. Does that sound, so, does it, does that sound right? Yeah, sounds about right. So, And, of course, if you do sign up to our newsletter at www.llpodcast.com, you'll know exactly what episodes we'll be covering, so make sure you sign up to our, po- our, to our newsletter. And you can win yourself your own Dark Shadows Bewitch Literary License Podcast hoodie to all our lucky winners out there. Next week, we'll be covering our classic novels, which will be um, Robinson Crusoe by... Daniel Defoe. I keep on saying William Defoe, but it's not William Defoe, it's Daniel Defoe. I keep and, on saying that too. Yeah. Daniel Defoe, which will be covering the classic movie. And of course, um, we'll be doing our Bewitch season next month. And in March, we'll also be our two for one, which will be doing Night of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Dead, which will be part of our Man versus Nature. So it's good night for myself and good night, Tom. Good night, uh, Keith. Good night, Vicky. And good night, everybody out there. Stay safe. Keep Be careful. Good night, Vicky. Good night, everybody. Take care of each other. And we'll see you next week for our classic novels, Robin's Crusoe by William Defoe and the classic Academy Award-winning film from 
It's better than real. It's a real imitation. 